0: Podcast. Here we go. Femi and Mike, how are you doing? You're alive. You had vacation in the bi week. How was was your vacation, Femi? What'd you do?
1: It was a good time. I feel uh, rested, recovered, uh, ready to attack the stretch run of this regular season that we have here in the National Football League. But uh, just, uh, you know, just kicked my feet up, relaxed a little bit, did a little bit of scouting around the league. that's code for I watched a lot of football on a Sunday. Oh, right! And it was right. and it was glorious, Mike. <laughs> I got to admit, <laughs> I appreciate you for giving me a Sunday off. So it was it was nice to kind of kick the feet up and watch a little bit of NFL. But uh, it, was, it was a fun weekend. Just did some uh, just a little bit of wine tasting uh, in Central Washington, and
0: uh, wow, you know that was, it, overall, I'd say it was a, it was a great success. Uh, how was the bye week for you? It, it was, uh, you know. Um... Filled with painting once again, just kind of <laughs> uh, like like you talk about. What are you going to go during the pandemic? We're right vacation. We're going to do so. It's kind of like, what am I going to do? So if there's games on, we kind of do it around that. My wife's a football fan, which is nice. Yeah. Um. And so we just kind of, you know, what one day when I'm off, we always just kind of transforming, doing some painting and cleaning things up a little bit. I mean, because what, what are you going to do? I mean, you go to the grocery store, it's about, I'm not going out anywhere, hanging out, so, yeah. my, might as well have some, you know, positive returns, so.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, I I mean, every day this year just seems to be, you know, make the most of it, right? You never, I, I, I heard, I heard, um, I forgot, I, I think I was, oh, it was Garth <laughs> Garth Lagerway in his, uh, uh zoom session last week he had a great saying where he said here in 2020 every day feels like a year <laughs> oh, wow. so, so i thought that was kind of funny i just kind of like yeah you know sometimes you just never know what crazy stuff's gonna happen so yeah you, you know hang on to the day you got make the most of it but uh there's been something bothering me and uh you know it's it's halloween season Okay, you got something and, you need to get off your chest. Well, <laughs> well, no, I I want to I want your input. I because we don't, you know, with the vacations and our wonky schedule, you know, we don't get time just to sit here in the same office and and talk about random things, which you know I I kind of do a lot. Um, <laughs> they've had this chart going on for Halloween candies. Okay, and, and I don't know if you've seen it on the Twitter, and they've rated Halloween candies. You know, Snickers are up there. Someone had Reese's Pieces in the top 10, which are, like, the most disgusting candy ever, in my opinion. Are those, um, which ones? Are Are those, like, the,
1: like the M&M Reese's? Or... Yeah, but they're, like, oh,
0: peanut okay. butter. It's just gross. But yeah. I, mean, I took a lot of flack for that. Evidently, Paul, our photographer, uh, said I had, man, huh? I, I had a problem. As well as I don't like Red Vines, either. I'm a Twizzler guy. So, really? Yeah, well, I think it's a regional thing. We didn't have Red Vines back east growing up. And so it's... You know, I don't. I think Red Vines have a film to them, but I I could not believe that the Hundred Grand Bar was number thirteen on this one big list that they compiled. I, that that's a top five candy bar, in my opinion. What's what's your top candy bar? Oh, a, if someone says, "Oh, I want this," what, what what is it?
1: If I I'm I'm looking at the list right now. So five thirty eight did it. Shout out to those guys over there. Uh, yeah, I know it's a big big uh, couple of weeks for them.
0: Uh, I mean, how about that? They're, they're working on elections and voting and candy bars. And, 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 so glad we got the, got, glad we got our uh, priorities in
1: order. Right. Uh, also Halloween, 10 days away. That just hit me right now. Um, yeah. But anyways, to the question that you asked, if I had one candy bar that I could eat for the rest of my life, it's 100% going to be Milky Way.
0: Milky Way. Uh, yeah, those I'm are good. Big,
1: big Milky Way guy. Um, have, hmm. Just like the, the caramel, the chocolate, like the nougat. just, I just love how it all kind of blends together. That would be my candy bar of choice. Um, I'm not particularly uh, picky when it comes to candy bars. Uh, I don't really like Three Musketeers. I see that that's pretty low on the uh, the scale here. It looks like it's number 12 on eight's list. Uh, 100 Grand, I'm not a huge fan of 100 mm. Grand.
0: Okay, okay.
1: I mean, like, these are all candy bars that I would eat, but if you asked me which ones I would like, it would be a little further on the list. Uh, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, I mean, I understand why that's high. Do you like cold. the peanut butter
0: cup? I like it cold. I like them you cold. like it
1: cold? Okay. I and mean, the, I can do I, cold, warm. The
0: lukewarm. peanut butter cup is great. There. <laughs> there's no better blizzard than the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, in my opinion. However, there's something odd about the Reese's Easter egg. It does not taste like a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. It's, it's borderline gross.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think I've tried the Easter egg. Don't. Have you have you had the little uh, Reese's peanut butter cup minis? The one that's like in the bag, I have. And it's, like just yeah, unwrapped. Yeah. Oh my god, those are the devil because you could
0: just yeah, like, shove that whole
1: bag in right. your mouth. <laughs> whoever created that should be uh, charged with some sort of
0: file. yeah. I, I I like I like those, but
1: okay. Well, now that I
0: now so it seems it seems like the Milky Way would be the offspring if a Snickers and Three Musketeers made it and left out the nuts.
1: Yep, yeah, pretty much, and like because like I like the Snickers. I just don't like it as I, for some reason I don't I'm not a the biggest fan of the peanut in the candy bar right although I, I love peanut M Ms so like those I absolutely love but for some reason I just prefer Milky Way to Snickers I do like Snickers uh, but yeah Milky Way is the uh, the optimal choice. like Butterfinger I see that on the list I actually like Butterfinger quite a bit oh I do not um, you're not a Butterfinger guy. no I
0: don't like those
1: what about Rolo do you like I uh. I yeah. I, I might be a weirdo because I like Rolos. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like Rolos.
0: Rolos are yeah. good.
1: But it, it's 17 on the list, which is kind of low. That's
0: way down
1: there. Uh, even like a Crunch Bar. They're kind of basic, but I like Crunch Bars.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm Trying
1: to hmm. think here what else they have on this list here. Kit Kat. Uh, I love Kit Kat. Yep. Kit Kat agree. great. That is, that is very high up there. I, I don't love Twix, but I like Twix.
0: I'm a big Twix uh, fan. Uh, I don't understand the left and the right Twix, though. Yeah, that, 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 I mean, really that make that's just that's des- that's desperate marketing to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> just just give me
1: the candy bar and let me. Eat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think for the most part, um, I mean, my favorites are on this. They're not in the order that I would put it, but uh, right, Milky Way is the is the preferred option for me.
0: All right, good to know. So, do you have any sports you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I figured we just sign this off. Thanks for joining, for. Yeah. Ferreri. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll do a quick seven-minute version coming we'll out talk. of the bye week, <laughs> um, but no, it's. I mean, I guess we should let folks know that they are listening to Femi and Ferrari that they can find <laughs> on all their Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, Spotify, whichever their preferred platform is. But uh, as always, subscribe, rate, and review. But a lot going on here for us in Seattle sports. It feels like the Seahawks are in like all the biggest stories today,
0: and yeah, the biggest and, and one... Yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm bothered by it.
1: You know, it's I mean, we, we got the inside trader or inside linebacker, uh sorry, in uh Michael Kendrick's coming mm-hmm. back. No problem <laughs> we, with that. No we, problem we, with that. We have got uh and and the biggest one is the one that that uh came out earlier this afternoon is the endless cycle. I, I tweeted it's a six month thing. Every six months we gotta hear about it. But Antonio Brown, the Seahawks, reportedly from Adam Schefter, he knows a lot of folks. So I'm sure there should. there's probably some smoke here. Who knows if there's fire? But reportedly are in position to make a run at Antonio Brown as he becomes eligible, I believe, after week eight from a suspension. So you've already shared some of your thoughts here, Mike, uh, but just kind of give the folks, I guess, let them know why you're a little apprehensive uh, for AB coming to the Pacific Northwest.
0: Well, your team is 5-0. and oh. You have wonderful – um the chemistry of, of your offense and your receiving core, the, this team has got, a, a, you know, Pete kind of talks about the special vibe this team has, how they connected on Zoom, how connected they were over the bye week. That's the magic word is the, the connectivity, you know? And what happens if you have wonderful ke- connectivity and then all of a sudden a storm rolls in, what happens to your connections, right? They start blowing up. They aren't as connected. You can't hear people as well because there's a distraction and everything just gets kind of blown up essentially. And right now there's no need for the sideshow. That is Antonio Brown. This isn't like, like you're going and and signing a Nate Burleson later in his career, obviously two different, you know, very set of talents, but I'm talking about what a great guy Nate Burleson is and, and to have him like, uh, you know, this positive veteran influence. I've never spent time with Antonio Brown. I know Russell and he have, but I don't understand why you would even entertain the thought right now when you have such massive deficiencies on defense, that that should be your focus. That should be the focus right now. Not trying to add chaos to something that's working great. There you go. Thanks yeah. Thanks for no. asking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I think you bring up some great points. Um, and I, I'm I'm in line with what you're saying, but let me I guess play devil's advocate sure. for the sake of it, um, and it'll kind of lead to a bigger point of what we've seen over the last three to four months with the Seahawks. But I, I mean, in terms of defensive help, it doesn't sound like there's a lot that's out there. Right? They just, they just brought in Michael Kendricks who who we had a workout with them last week. He also worked out with another team, but he's coming off of an ACL injury that he suffered in the last game of the season in December of last year. Mm -hmm. So if that's like the best guy that you can bring in, that shows you what kind of defensive talent is out there. Usually those guys are on teams that they can defend. And maybe they just look at the approach of that. Hey, we're going to be in a lot of shootouts. And instead of scoring 35 points per game, maybe we need to score 41, 42 points per game. If we want to win the Super Bowl. And Antonio Brown, obviously the talent as a player, uh, he's a hall of fame caliber player. Uh, one of the best receivers that we've seen in this century, this 21st century that we're in, uh, a, a phenomenal talent. But, I mean, the, it's a laundry list of off-the-field issues that we've seen, most notably of being, I mean, pretty much accused of rape. And that that's something that I, I don't know if you like, think that is – I'm sure the Seahawks have done digging. The league has obviously done some digging since they've suspended him for eight games and there's no guarantee that that they'll even give, take him off of suspension uh, or or reinstate him rather after these eight weeks. So it's kind of a fluid situation with Antonio Brown and the way and what it signals to me is one, this could be Antonio Brown's agent. I'm not sure who that person is. It used to be Drew Rosenhouse, but Drew Rosenhouse dropped him. uh, I believe after he was released from the new England Patriots or might've been in the summertime, but he, he's no longer with Drew Rosenhaus. But it could be Antonio Brown and his represent, representatives maybe floating the Seahawks name out there to kind of create a market now that he's getting close to possibly returning to the field. Or, and this is kind of where I think, is that this feels like, and it's, over, it's been something that has kind of been bubbling underneath the surface for throughout the entire offseason, but it almost feels like this is turning the keys over from the Seahawks organization, from Pete Carroll to Russell Wilson. Hmm. And, you know, Pete Carroll, he's up there in age. He's, what is he, 67 years old now or 66? I'm not sure. I don't want
0: yeah, to believe him, sixty-seven. Uh, older than he is. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, 67 years old. Uh, who knows how long he's going to be coaching? I know he wants to keep going at it. Hey, and he, he, he might have, uh, okay, hey, someone's saying hello. Yep. Uh, it's,
0: <laughs> but well, you know the high traffic area that is the sports office. Actually, uh, that was exactly. Pete Mongello, our, our photographer. Nobody realizes I'm doing a podcast. It's been interesting. I've had four interruptions. Uh, Pete Pete is actually 69 years old. He just fired off an email, too. I think we just got an email from Pete. So there's it's
1: two places in one.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, That's crazy.
1: <laughs> funny how that works. Must be on delay. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, Pete Carroll's a little up there in age, and maybe this is something that the Seahawks and John Schneider who I'm sure would like to be with the organization past Pete Carroll being with the Seahawks organization. I mean, if, if you have to bet on which one will be around longer, you obviously would probably bet John Schneider, um, even though I know Pete, he's Pete's guy and Pete brought him in, but he's just, from an age standpoint, that's just the way that it looks. So
0: Russell's going to be the GM? I'm, I'm uh, uh, Russell, and the coach? What are you talking about? I'm confused here. It's, Russell has more influence, I believe,
1: than mm. might have more influence or might be gaining influence more, because I, I don't think Pete is losing influence, but I think it's more so Russell is gaining influence. Mm. Because, I mean, what have we seen from the Seahawks over the last eight years? It's, we want to be balanced, we want to be balanced, and there's the whole let Russ cook movement, It's it's been going on for longer than this. Off sure, season, sure. But this this is the year that they finally kind of gave in for lack of a better phrase, you know? It's like, they're like, okay, Russ, we will let you cook, and so far, so good, 5-0. and oh. But maybe just to kind of the franchise quarterback, the face of the league, he wants to play until 45. So he, at, in his head, he's only reaching maybe halfway or not even halfway into his career. Okay. So maybe this is Russ gaining more influence. And we even noted that Russ worked out with Antonio Brown all throughout the, the pandemic and that they have some sort of a relationship. So Russ knows him. Geno Smith has a relationship with him. He knows Antonio Brown. Right. Maybe this is Russ kind of campaigning and saying, hey, John, let's take a look at this and possibly bring him in to make our offense that much more dynamic. Is that the right thing to do? In my opinion, I don't think so. I just right. need just stay away from a guy like that. In my opinion, he's radioactive, and you just don't want to bring that guy into your organization. But Russ wants to win championships. He wants to put up numbers. And maybe he sees that in a one-off situation of, eight regular season games and the stretch run of the playoffs this guy can help us win a championship so maybe that's kind of the deal that he would like to make but uh it, it to me it just feels like russ is gaining a little more influence with what we've seen here over the
0: past six months yeah and then i mean as, as you talk about the being the devil's advocate I, I i can see that the influence uh because they did work out together at the russell ranch we we saw a video of that over the 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 winter time and the you know uh um, quarantine time. Right. Um, yeah. But then I wonder, I'm like, well, how do you feel if you're DK Metcalf where you've become this target for Russell, obviously they have a really good relationship. They come in and then are you signifying to him? Well, you know what? I, I don't know. I think I like AB better. You know, like could there be a bromance going on between Russell and Antonio and then DK feels left out and that begins to affect him mentally. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I it's, mean it's all
1: things, it, it, and and it's all things that you have to take into consideration because these players are humans; they're not robots. It's not Madden, the the video game where it's like, all right, I got DK, I got Lockett, and I got AB. All systems go. You know, it's like these are things that have to be carefully taken into consideration. And I, I think DK would be fine. I mean, how's Freddie uh, Swain but, gonna, but, gonna but feel you about can't this? Guarantee anything?
0: It, what how's was Freddie Swain gonna feel? Well, I'm, I mean I'm just kidding. Yeah.
1: I'm like, he might just be happy to be on the team. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> but I mean it's it definitely it, you start to you start to wonder. It's like, all right, well, you you got if you get three dynamic, I mean, DK looks like a number one receiver. Tyler Lockett has been a number one receiver the last couple of years. Antonio Brown has been arguably the best receiver of this generation that we've seen over the last like eight years or so Um, it's a wow. Yeah. I mean, on paper, it sounds like football heaven for what you'd want a passing game to be, but there are just so many red flags that come with this guy. And for the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers, a top-notch organization, the new England Patriots, a top-notch organization, both said, no, we're good with that, Like we don't need that. And even the Las Vegas Raiders has said, we don't need that. And we know how bad John Gruden wants to win and how bad right. that Raiders team – how bad they needed him last year. They didn't have a top-wide receiver, and that's why they went and drafted one in the first round this past year. They needed a receiver, and they still cut him after paying him mm-hmm. and trading for him. So that, that to me, just shows that like for that many organizations to be like, he's just not in a good place right now, and you just don't want him around, it's – I, I would be a little apprehensive. I'm sure the Seahawks have done their digging. They've done their homework. And they haven't signed him yet, so we can't really talk like they've signed him. But the fact that they keep digging and they keep wanting to do more and they keep being linked to him, it definitely signals that there is probably legitimate interest in bringing him into the VMA. What about
0: Josh Gordon? Uh,
1: it, it sounds like they're just never going to hear from the league on that. <laughs> I mean, it's he gets Pete Carroll gets asked about it, and he can't talk about it because. He's technically not on the roster and is suspended, or he's on the still on the exempt list or whatever list he's on right now. But I mean, right? I, I guess that's one that we'll just find out one of these random Tuesdays, and it just says, "Hey, Josh Gordon's back." Yeah. And until the, until then, there's zero indication that he's going to play football this year. And it, and maybe this Antonio Brown thing is the Seahawks saying, "Hey, we don't think that Josh Gordon will ever come back."
0: Yeah, and and I think he fit in well. I, I mean, he stayed here. He he live he live lives here now. I think he felt at home with the organization. I think he found a happy place. And then when he ended up getting suspended last year it was for something that had happened back in New England, I guess, prior to any, anything he did here. Um, but maybe I mean if if you're looking for some room and a guy to contribute, I'll never forget that that Monday night game in San Francisco I mean he came up huge uh last last year. If if you're looking for a guy that might want to fit in, if you need another, I mean, I, he's not Antonio Brown, as far as Antonio Brown at his best, Steelers. Um, you know, maybe he's another possibility. But you're right. Who who knows if you're ever going to hear about it? So see what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it, it, it's because Gordon definitely seems to fit in with the organization, and everybody from what we've talked to said he was awesome. While he was there for the the what was it a month I think last yeah, year yeah. before he was suspended, so you, you and he's definitely talented. I mean, he's not as good as Antonio Brown, but I mean at at the at his peak he was an All Pro. So he's one of the most talented guys that the league has seen, and is why he keeps getting chances. Um, so it's you know it's, they they clearly want to add a guy there, and I think that they're really look. I mean, David Moore he's been good. Yeah, you know it's it's not like he's been bad, but They clearly want to add another dynamic, like, bona fide guy. And no offense to David Moore, he's not that. And they have two of them in DK and Lockett, and they're clearly looking for that third person. Yeah, and
0: one thing to always remember, too, is when it comes to things like this, Pete always likes to kick the tires. He likes the team in every conversation. They may have absolutely zero intent of signing him. They may have had a meeting out there being like, we just – the flow of this team is good right now. Maybe we'll see what happens with him, but I mean, for the most part, he just likes. I think he likes to be All, in the mix. Always it's competing. competing. Always, yeah,
1: always compete. That's the we're competing. That's what Nashville said. Yep. We're, we're, they competed with Clowney up to the to the dire end. They competed with other guys. You know, it's, uh, just always compete. Yep, that's 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 the motto here. But but when you look at the uh, to transition, kind of more so to the team that's currently. On the roster here, but when you look at the standings, the Seahawks are one of three undefeated teams in the NFL at five and zero. Also five and zero, the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who will play this Sunday, and will be a fun game there. So there will at there will at most be two unbeaten teams, unless well, I guess unless they tie, Mm -hmm. then they'll technically be
0: unbeaten. Which being twenty twenty. Let's not look past the possibility yeah. of that happening.
1: Yeah. The Eagles and Bengals have already done it, so it's uh, it's not out of the norm. Right. But, you know, it's they're the only unbeaten team in the NFC right now. Uh, we saw the Buccaneers really dismantle the Packers last Sunday afternoon. So, I guess, how are you feeling about the Seahawks coming out of this bye week? Only five games into the season, but right now they're in the driver's seat for the number one seed in the NFC, which we know – means that much more since only one team will get the, the bye in the playoffs come January. Mm.
0: I think they miss Marquise Blair. I think he was going to be a nice little cog in the defensive machine for them this year. I, I thought he was fun to watch as a rookie and undisciplined, and I saw some things this year. So that was a hit. They're going to miss Jamal. I think Jamal, as you watch Buda Baker on Monday night, was very much mm-hmm. what Jamal is for, for this team. And so I don't I don't think he'll play. This week, in my opinion, it didn't. Pete didn't sound very convincing. Um, As yeah. far as I mean, they're yeah, take it right it's, up it's the still, game. Still thing. battling, yeah.
1: still battling that groin yep. injury, which I mean, it's, they, they want to be careful with it. So, and heck, I mean, I think a lot of people thought he was coming back after the bye week, but the fact that it's he still can't practice that doesn't bode well. No, for Sunday. and
0: and that is not. I I mean, I, I don't mean to bring up like negative energy. I'm not that type of person, but. Glendale is is just not been. A, I mean, they've won games there, but it, and I think we talked about maybe our our last podcast or two ago. It has not been a good place for them. Going back to Super Bowl forty nine, going back to the numbers of injuries that have occurred on that field, the Seahawks careers that ended on that field. Um, you know, there's always a little bit of apprehension for me anytime I see it on the schedule for them. So here they are, five and zero, coming out of the bye. The Packers were coming out of a bye, and they looked ended up looking dreadful. Um, but the way Pete made it sound that you know these guys were around, they were around each other. It wasn't your typical bye week. You know they've shown the ability to to really stick together. That Arizona defense yeah. we saw uh, on Monday night against your pathetic Cowboys. Um, <laughs> They're pretty bad, Mike. <laughs> but they're still, the bad. best team in the NFC East, they might make the playoffs with a 7-9 record. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't see yeah. it,
1: but uh, they're pretty but,
0: I mean, Arizona's pretty pretty good that, that way. You know, Buddha's always got something to prove. Um, so I, I, I move forward with trepidation as far as their undefeated record. There may just be one undefeated team left after this weekend and it may not include the Seahawks. We'll see.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting because when you look at the schedule for the Seahawks team and uh, uh, some of these wins that they've had, they're they're not aging very well. Right. And and, and what I mean by that is that what felt like impressive victories and say, like, oh yeah, we just beat a really good team is not feeling that right. Good. I mean, Atlanta won Atlanta won their first game this past Sunday against Minnesota. And then you got New England, who's now below 500. And in New England's their case seems a little bit special. It seems like coronavirus really kind of affected them differently than it did the Tennessee Titans. You know, Titans allegedly were maybe squeezed in a practice or two when they weren't supposed to. Right. <laughs> we, don't yeah. to, we don't want to dive too much into that. But, I mean, the, the differences were pretty stark there. We'll just leave that at that. But they also played the Dallas Cowboys, who have fallen apart. They got a win over them. And then they also defeated the Miami Dolphins, who are the only team that's at 500 that they've beaten so far because last week or two weeks ago, rather, they beat the Minnesota Vikings, who were dismantled by the now one win Atlanta Falcons. So it's their schedule right now. It looks like they played a bunch of teams that they should have beaten, and the best record belongs to the Miami Dolphins. So we very well could be five games in and not know a whole right. lot about the Seahawks team. And I think we're going to start to learn a lot about them. This upcoming stretch, we talked about it when the schedule was released in May, I believe it was, was that the stretch after the bye week, starting with this game in Glendale at Arizona, kind of leading all the way till the end of November, was when we were going to find out what the Seahawks were made of. And the Cardinals, I'm not even sure how good they are. I mean, I have questions about them. I saw them firsthand against my Dallas Cowboys this past Monday, and I-, I felt a lot of that was just incompetence from the Cowboys. Maybe I'm biased, <laughs> and I just have a bad feeling about what the Cowboys right. are. But, I mean, you look at the box score, Kyler Murray only completed nine passes against arguably the worst defense in the league. Like, it's, it's not like the Cardinals really put on a huge show versus most of the Cowboys might have just crapped the bed and did it over and over again. <laughs> because when you look at the Cardinals and their schedule, they have a week one win over the 49ers, which was very impressive. Uh, that was when the 49ers were a little bit more healthy, not all the way healthy. They were missing some wide receivers, but that's an impressive win. I'll give them that. But outside of that win, they've beaten the Washington football team, who we knew was, we know is terrible. Right. They've beat your, your New York Jets, who we don't need to go deeper oh, into that. And they've, <laughs> and they've beaten my Dallas Cowboys. They have losses at home against Detroit. And I don't see too many people pounding the table for the <laughs> Detroit Lions. And then they lost and got beat pretty bad by the Carolina Panthers. And it, it, from watching that game back, it was worse than the 31-21 score suggests. So I'm not totally sure what we'll learn from the Seahawks this Sunday because I think the Seahawks win this game. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think they win it by a touch. Yeah, it's
0: not going to be easy. I do like, think they it's... win it. Um, I, but, yeah. but I won't. Let me, and I don't mean to hide behind a, you know, prediction or if you want, whatever you want to call it. We can't hedge, Mike. No, no, no. Like, (laughs) I guess what I'm saying is, I I think from what we've seen, they'll win. But let's just say I won't be surprised if something happens and they lose. Does that make sense? Yeah. You you know, like the law of averages, past history, the, the three and a half point road favorite.
1: It's an NFL game. Right. Also <laughs> It's an NFL game in
0: 2020. So you Exactly.
1: Know. You can you can lose to anyone other than the Jets and the Cowboys on any right. given Sunday.
0: Why is that? Why do both <laughs> our teams suck? I don't know. It's
1: really it's really bad. I mean, the Cowboys offensive line is like all second stringers now, so it's not looking right. great. And obviously Zach Prescott had the horrific injury, so it's just all sorts of bad right now.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> Jets are an NAIA team. I just offended everybody in NAIA. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, and it's funny
1: because those are the two teams, the Jets and the Cowboys, who have yet to cover the spread so far. Not even Vegas has been able to handicap how poorly wow. they've been playing. Like, it's, it's really impressive. And I don't think there's no team in history that's ever gone 0-16 against the spread. I think that it could happen this year with the way that your mm-hmm. Jets are playing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's 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 not great. No. <laughs>
0: but, Does McCarthy but... survive and go beyond this year? I mean, because... I, I think he gets the mulligan because Dak got hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay. And
1: I, I think that's really what's safe. If Dak was healthy and they were playing this poorly, I think that it, everything was on the table, including a one and done. But the fact that Dak got injured... Um, when they were at two and three, I think that's going to help him save right. the job uh, this this season. Now, next season, who knows what happens? But I think he gets a free pass for this year, regardless how terrible it looks. The defensive coordinator Mike Nolan—that's another question. He might be gone by right. Thanksgiving. He should be gone. He should be gone already. But I think they'll get rid of him by Former. Thanksgiving or whenever they or whenever they get erased from the playoff contention, which might not be until Christmas with the way that that division is trending. Right. But, but, uh, but I think this Seahawks season is like we mentioned, it's going to be these next six games are going to really determine the outcome because after that, I mean, you're looking at a pretty manageable. The, they play December. the Giants and Jets in December back to back Giants, Jets and football yeah. team right. all three That's... weeks and that, that leads up to a tough uh, two games with home for mm-hmm. the Rams and at the yeah. 49ers. But Giants, Jets, and football team, three straight weeks. I mean, they're going to be double-digit favorites and probably all three. of Geno players.
0: Smith may see some action so, in December. Th-
1: there is a very good chance. Maybe he'll get to play against his former, t- both his former teams, the Giants right. and the Jets. We'll, 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 we'll <laughs> <see> <laughs> That'd kinda that would be kind of funny, actually. Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, We could be able to rub, r- rub some salt Ouch. in the wound for yes. those teams. But uh, I, I really think that in the hierarchy of the NFC, do you think the Seahawks are the best team in the NFC?
0: I don't, you know, I was kind of going between the World Series and that Bucks game on Sunday night. The Bucs team that lost mm-hmm. to the Bears looked like a work in progress. The Bucs team that beat yeah. the Packers looked like a Bucs team that's coming together. Uh,
1: it, 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 looked like the, it looked like the progress yeah. made.
0: So, <laughs> I – I think the Bucs are probably top to bottom on both sides of the ball. A better team than the Seahawks right now because they have a defense. Yeah. Um, Jamal comes back. They start to get things better together better and start playing together better. Um, the Seahawks, that is. We'll, we'll see. But could those two teams meet in the NFC Championship? I think so.
1: Oh, that would yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, be a lot of fun. Well, that would be a lot yeah. of fun. We got Russ, Russ mm-hmm. and Brady, going at it. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Arians, we know his history yeah. with Seattle, oh, and, he, and all that. That he, would be. That, that would be. He's so the guy much that figured
0: fun. out the matrix that could come in here and beat the Seahawks. He used to love yeah. to come in here, and you know, some of the Seahawks' worst mm-hmm. games over the Pete Carroll era have been against the Cardinals at home.
1: It's it, so crazy. Yeah. Cardinals at home, and then every game against the Rams yep. are just throw it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yep. unless you got a field goal miss, that's going to give you a win, right? So, well, well, what's what's interesting to me,
1: and I would say I agree with with you with Tampa Bay, and and it's not like, it's not recency bias. I remember watching Week One, watching the Buccaneers and Saints game, and I was like, this Tampa team is very mm-hmm. good. Like, like you know, we saw all the acquisitions that they made throughout the offseason. They get Brady, they get Gronkowski. You know, they had a really good draft. And everyone's like, okay, well, they're like the big hype team. They're going to be this year's Cleveland Browns because they have so much hype that there's no way that they're going to live up to this. And we saw week one and I saw them against the new Orleans saints, a team that has a ton of continuity. And I watched that game. And I was like, Tampa is the better team. And I'm pretty sure of it. And like, I saw the score, like this new Orleans was winning and Tampa was doing everything you could do to screw up a game, turning the ball over penalties left and right. And, even just throughout the whole game, I said, Tampa is the better team. They have have the lower floor because they seem to know how to beat themselves, but they have the higher ceiling. And if they're able to kind of not beat themselves, they are going to beat more than a handful for all these teams in the NFC. And I think that reared its ugly head in the Thursday night game against Chicago, who is quietly, very quietly Mm -hmm. five and one. But we saw, we saw the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay have 11 penalties, I believe it was, for about 100-something yards. Like, you're never going to win an NFL game with that, especially if are playing a, a competent team on the road in prime time. Like, that's, you're not going to win that game if you commit more than a field length right. penalty yards. Like, that's
0: just and the Bears bad. have a kicker.
1: but And the Bears, they do have a kicker. They got rid Parkey. of uh, – what's his name? Yeah, the, yeah, they got rid of Parkey, the, the, the double joint right. man. But it's, I think Tampa with what they're able to do from a ceiling standpoint, because you mentioned they have the rare commodity in today's NFL and that is the defense, (laughs) you know, I think maybe there's four or five teams that have good defenses and everyone else's defense is suspect and performs to the level of whatever the quarterback is that the opposition has, because it's, it's really bad across the board. And I think we saw the Packers get exposed defensively in that game against the bucks on Sunday, but I would lean the Bucks as the best team in the NFC. And I would say it's a, a you can flip a coin between the Seahawks and Packers as to who number two is. But right now, I'd say right. Tampa Bay, who they have, they have a tough game uh, in Vegas on Sunday night, this upcoming mm. Sunday. But if you are the Seahawks, though, it's you don't get too caught up in all this. Because it doesn't matter who's the best team in the NFC right now. All that matters is stacking wins. And the Seahawks have a chance to do that come Sunday. Um, against the Cardinals because like I said, you don't have to be the best team as long as you have home right. field advantage. There's a pretty good chance. Bucks, go to uh,
0: Bucks, uh, rather the uh, Raiders, a little bit of a problem this afternoon. The COVID test and then the the whole line. Yeah, the whole offensive home. line. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna see that. We're not in a bubble yeah, for that's... that. Uh, the NFL is not in a bubble, so that's gonna happen. You know. Yeah. Or...
1: Yeah, and not, I mean you knock on wood for the uh, for the Seahawks. Luckily they haven't yep. had any. Uh, of those issues, yeah, like and that. That's a peak girl. So we'll
0: see more for sure this week. You know, at the end at the end of the week, as yeah, far as how uh, they were in the bye week, really. So,
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah, because the bye because the Raiders they just came off their bye week, and now we see it kind of pop up here with some stuff going on with some COVID. Well, let's uh, let's let's do yeah, predictions let's see, for
0: this week. What do you got?
1: Yeah. Okay. So predictions this week. Uh, You mentioned it, Seahawks are a a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Um, That means that usually Vegas feels that they're a pretty significant team. They're significantly better than the Arizona Cardinals, and I Mm -hmm. would agree with that. And, you know, just the spot that it is, it's a brutal spot from a rest standpoint for the Cardinals. You talk about playing a Monday night football game on the road and now coming home to play a team that's coming off of a buy so not only was your week short but they didn't play the past week so they're well rested and are able to get healthy sans jamal right. adams but going into this game we know it's always tricky in glendale those games are always close but just from what i've seen from the cardinals their big loss losing chandler jones to a bicep injury for the entire season He was their best pass rusher by far, arguably one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, I like Buda Baker on the back end, but I don't think that Cardinals secondary is elite. I think it's decent with Baker and Byron Murphy. Patrick Peterson isn't the player he once was, getting a little long in the tooth there. So I think that definitely if they match up on DK, I love that matchup for DK um, just off of the jump right there. I think the Seahawks having a good offensive line and the Cardinals losing their pass rusher, that will force the Cardinals to have to blitz. I think there will be opportunities for the Seahawks to go over the top. We know they love to throw the ball deep. And if anything, they were kind of caught up against the Vikings because the Vikings just sat back and said, hey, we're going to force you to chunk the ball down the field and do it methodically and not just beat us over the top like you like to. I think Arizona is going to have to try to blitz to get any sort of pressure on Russell Wilson. And when that happens, I think you're going to see long bombs to DK Metcalf, long bombs to Tyler Lockett. I think the Seahawks defense is good enough to slow down the Cardinals offense, which hasn't been great in the passing game. Cliff Kingsbury, air raid coach, their passing game is not awesome. I just mentioned nine completions against probably the worst pass defense in the league in the Dallas Cowboys. So, I believe you see the Seahawks go into Arizona and I think they win this thing comfortably. Uh I think there's a little bit of a scare maybe early on, but give the Seahawks to beat the Cardinals thirty one to twenty and uh and, and improve you the You said thirty one on to twenty. Thirty one to twenty. I got I like the Seahawks.
0: Nice. Um I think these games come down to field goals and, and tight games for whatever reasons, uh, just divisional games are, are different. As you know, uh, the, 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 the score I had in my head, ironically, I had the Cardinals only scoring 20 as well, but I had the Seahawks scoring 27. So, okay. We'll see what happens there. Maybe 20, 20? I say, you say 31, 20. 20. I and, I, and, I, and I think if everything goes to, according to what you said, that might – your 31 might even turn, turn into 38 yeah. ba- based on the defense.
1: Yeah. You, I, I don't see the Cardinals having too many solutions for stopping the Seahawks offense other than trying right. to blitz. And I think the Seahawks are the last team you want to try to blitz because Russell mm-hmm. Wilson's mobile. The Seahawks offensive line has played well this season. And they got two guys on the outside in Metcalf and Lockett who can run right by your DBs. And we already know Wilson throws the best deep ball in the game. I think that they can really take advantage of this Cardinals secondary if those guys have to defend on an island. So I I, I see it being a bad matchup for the Cardinals. And when you factor in the situational spot of playing a road Monday night football game, against now turning around to play a team that's coming off of a bye. The schedule makers did the Seahawks a solid yeah. in this situation because that's that's an advantage that you typically don't ever see. So I, I just think a lot of things point in favor of the Seahawks, and I think that they come out of the bye, and, and they'll right. look pretty good doing it.
0: See what happens, man. We'll see what happens. Yeah, should be another sure. fun
1: one. It's a one, one, a 105 kickoff. I think it's the first 1 o'clock kickoff for them all season, isn't it?
0: What were were they? Yeah, the, the two 10 because they two prime yeah, times. They had either ten a.m. Yeah. Or, or prime times. Oh no! They, oh, they had
1: a one twenty-five. Sorry. Yeah, that was the one, yeah, that the was the one you game. went down yeah, to. That, that yeah, that was that was the one. Yeah, that that was a uh, so yeah. They've only had it feels like they've always been right. ten a.m. Yeah. or prime time. So I guess it'll be a nice well, you, change up for a. You just probably want to forget forget
0: signals. about the Dallas game. So, right on.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can uh, right. erase that from the memory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hey, it's my first place, Dallas Cowboys. If the season right. ended today, I don't. I, I, I don't, that saying, I don't, but, I don't uh, think I've ever said yeah. that or written about it. If the season ended today, if I do, if I do, hit me in the face. Likewise, likewise.
1: But uh, that was fun. Another edition of Femi and Ferrari. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and uh, hope you enjoy another fun. Weekend of football in
0: the NFL. Can you believe? Yeah, it and let's seven? not forget to mention that the Big Ten starts on Saturday. I was at Purdue. Yep. There you go. go yep, good. Good we'll luck to your Hawkeyes. Finally, will we'll be some, nice. Yeah, we will uh, finally yep. able to get. And on then the, the pack field 12 and, uh, two weeks away, think, and the fun starts. Yep. We're hey, there we go. So it's all coming at we'll us. See what, what happens. Huskies. The Huskies are visiting Cal. Uh, so
1: well, I'm sure we'll dive into that as we approach. The regular season here in a couple of weeks for Pac-12, but uh, for Mike, for Femi,
0: right on, about, buddy. How right about it. does it
1: here? All right. Always.